Happy Friday here, and welcome to another edition of Husker Online Headlines. Sean Callahan, Steve Sippel, we are away from each other. Sip and I had been in Texas um, working on recruit spotlights all week. I'm in Florida now, um, sitting in my hotel room. I was trying to get a good backdrop going, but I just couldn't get the technology lined up, Sip, uh, to kind of rub it in. Uh, but I'm here. Rub it in. That's what you were looking to do. A little poolside, right? Well, I was a part of history. I, I came down on the first flight from Redway Airways um, out of Lincoln to Orlando. And uh, I, I kind of covered the launch when they took off. And then when we landed, um, Orlando Mayor Buddy Dyer and Lincoln's Mayor Larry Gaylord Bear um, had a press conference in Orlando. Um, so it, it was pretty cool. I mean, the, the city of Orlando welcomed the Lincoln flight in. It was in the brand new C terminal at the Orlando airport, cool. uh, which is a really, really nice brand new built terminal. So the, it's a great deal. I mean, this flight to get to Orlando in two and a half hours from Lincoln, oh, um, wow. we got to our hotel in 20 minutes and we were at the pool. So it's, uh, we'll come back Sunday from this deal. So it, uh, it, it's worked out well, but let, let's get to the headlines Okay. We, we, we could talk pools and, and whatnot, but a lot has happened on Thursday. A lot happened Thursday. Number one, um, first and foremost, let's talk schedules. Okay. Uh, the Big Ten Conference released the new schedule format for 2024 and 2025. And I, I think when you look at it, not a lot of big surprises for Nebraska because um, there's no more divisions. And we know that you're going to play in every Big Ten stadium at least once every four years. I think the big thing is the way the Big Ten Conference chose to flex the locked-in games, and we're going to get into that more in headline number two. Okay. Um, but you know there there are no breaks. I mean, for I think for any team now in this conference, you're not going to backdoor in very often with an easy schedule. The way the league is doing it now. Okay. Well, here's the way the league is doing it, and this paragraph is the is is critical. I mean, this is from an ESPN article. And this, I mean, I know that people like to look for reasons to complain or try their hardest to find inequity in everything, but you can't. This is really hard. It's really hard to do with with how the Big Ten did this. I think, Sean, the Big Ten nailed it. And I would, and it's sort of that that mindset's encapsulated in this paragraph. Beginning in 2024, Every conference pairing will take place at least twice in a four-year span, once at each member school's home stadium. That's it. I mean, you know, they went through, according to ESPN, the Big Ten reviewed 171 versions within the Flex Protect Plus model. And, I mean, they did – I mean, they – this was exhaustive. The process they went through and i think they nailed it i just and think nobody, they nailed it huh? and nobody's gonna have more than one la trip a year right um I, I think that's key you know to eliminate this long travel obviously ucla and usc i think they had to build those schedules um to give their players adequate time for, for the traveling and, and whatnot but i think when you play nine league games too it allowed all this to happen like can you imagine the sec for at least the one year they're going to try to manage and build schedules with only an eight-game schedule when you have 16 league teams. I mean, it's it's really not – you, you, you could have so many things go wrong in the standings because of the lack of games you're going to have by just playing eight versus nine. And, yeah, the not, yeah. 
and you know the I think the, the the college football playoff rankings are going to be the key component now to place the proper teams into a conference championship game. But there might be some years where you might want to be the third place team in the SEC or the Big Ten um, if you played a good schedule and you could still get into the college football playoff by not having to play in the Big Ten championship game. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want to roll those dice, but I guess it could it definitely could happen that way. It is a, I mean, I'll tell you, it's the thing that really dawned on me yesterday was how cool this conference is going to be. I mean, USC and Michigan playing, USC, Nebraska, you know, Nebraska going to USC, USC coming to Nebraska, UCLA, all of that. I mean, Michigan and USC, Michigan hasn't played at USC since 1958. Those are the kind of things that are, are amazing in a regular season game. Michigan and USC, those very vintage helmets, will lock up, and it and it's a it's really a it's going to be fun. Now it's great for the fans, for the coaches. It's really tough. This is tough. It's like the NFL now. I mean, it's Sean. You talked about it before. How like you know Pelini always won nine games at Nebraska. It's different now. I, I mean, I don't know how you exactly how you would compare it, but it almost feels like eight wins now or seven wins would be the equivalent of nine back in the day. Well, Bo Pelini never had to play a nine-game conference schedule. That's part of it. That's part of it. And, and now so look at the schedule. I mean, look what you're look what you're dealing with. Everybody knows by now probably, Sean, the 2025 Nebraska schedule. I mean, look at, look at that thing. I mean, you have Ohio State and USC and Iowa and Michigan and UCLA. I mean – that's gonna it's gonna be a taxing it's gonna be taxing physically and mentally and emotionally yeah that that 2025 schedule i mean just thinking about playing at ohio state and at usc i mean it, it's incredible right um, but nebraska has always talked about wanting to to be the best or play the best they're gonna get a chance to and that's all you can ask well i appreciate sean nebraska's posture in this which is like trev albert spoke on statewide radio Thursday night there's no complaining I mean this is this is what it is and I think I think they would like their media core to kind of take that on too, not be not not try to pick out inequities I don't think there are inequities because of what I read earlier that every conference pairing will take place at least at least twice in a four-year span I don't see any inequity now some people will say yeah but sip uh, how come Nebraska only has one protected rival uh, Iowa has three. I, I don't know. I, I don't know why that matters that much in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and, and that leads me into headline number two. Let's talk about okay. protected rivalries. Right. Uh, you mentioned it. Nebraska will have just the one. Um, they will play Iowa as their lone protected game. Now, mm -hmm. there are other what they call two-play games where they're going to play the same team twice over a two-year period are UCLA and then Minnesota. And Iowa. Yeah, Iowa. Right. Iowa. I was locked in, but right. then they have two other two play opponents. Um, so th that's the interesting part. Like Penn State has no locked in opponents. Like Penn State could have easily said, "Yeah, we want Rutgers or we want Maryland," because those are logical games for them to play. Even Michigan State's got some history, but I think Penn State's like, "Why are we going to waste a game every year with Rutgers?" Like, does that? Does anybody wake up in the morning and say, I've got to see Penn State Rutgers? No. No. 
Um, I, I think that's what they try to do. The games that need to be on this schedule, um, Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State. You know, there's a, there's a couple like uh, Purdue, Illinois. I, I guess there, there must be a trophy game associated with that, but that, that's one that kind of doesn't really – it's the Cannon Trophy. So it's a trophy game. And mm-hmm. Iowa, um, I felt like, came out of this the big winner. I mean, they were able to preserve three games, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Nebraska. I think if Trev Alberts, and he said this on the radio show, had his druthers, Nebraska would have been able to preserve Wisconsin as an annual game. Um, they are not. And I, I don't know why. Um, I, you I know why. I mean, think about Wisconsin, Sean. Okay, so – Iowa-Wisconsin, that rivalry is over 100 years old, okay? Okay, that's that's one of Wisconsin's protected games. The other protected game is Wisconsin-Minnesota, which is the most played rivalry in Division I football. That's the Floyd of Rosedale. Or excuse me, that's the Paul Bunyan-Zacks. And I've watched that game pretty much every year, and – that you can't you you do not wipe that away. Wisconsin Minnesota is a must. It's one of the, like I said, it's the most played rivalry in Division One football. Iowa Wisconsin again over one hundred years old. You just don't you don't say goodbye to that. That's Nebraska Wisconsin doesn't have any history, and Nebraska hasn't held up its end of the bargain. They Nebraska was going to get one protected game, and they in Iowa. You know, Sean. Here's the thing with those protected games. Both sides have to agree to it. I mean, Nebraska can identify Wisconsin as a protected game, but do you think Wisconsin would identify Nebraska? You were at the game the last time they played. It wasn't there wasn't much buzz at all with that game. There was more interest in the opening of deer hunting season than that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the the tamest I've seen Camp Randall in the several times that we've been there since 2011. I mean, think about that first game in 2011 with Russell Wilson. That was probably the most electric Big Ten atmosphere I can remember. Right. See, I mean, some of this is, is I mean, I'm not saying Nebraska is at any fault. They just haven't been in the, the league long enough. Those other games, like I said, are over 100 years old. They've been playing. It's it's built up over time. Nebraska just has, hasn't had much time. They're lucky. I mean, they're lucky they have that border. And some people don't even call Nebraska-Iowa rivalry. It's debatable. I mean, we debate it every summer when times get slow. I I tend to think of it as a rivalry, um, and I'm glad it's protected. Well, it, it's also a trophy game, though the Wisconsin Nebraska game. But you know, it's just it's a trophy game that was forced. So it, Come it's, on, yeah, it's forced. Uh, the Freedom Trophy, like Michigan State, Penn State's technically a trophy game, right? And that that was not protected. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that was yeah, not. Protected. Penn State doesn't have a protected game. Right. I mean, the protected games. Most of them are pretty obvious. You mentioned a few. UCLA USC is has to be protected. That's a that's college football. Michigan Ohio State, that's college football. Michigan State Michigan, you know, that ha- that has to be protected. Illinois Northwestern, I suppose. Maryland Rutgers, you know, obvious. I guess it's kind of an obvious, but not very exciting. You're right. Illinois Purdue, I don't know exactly what goes into that, but I think that I think the eleven makes sense. It'll be, um, you know, just, you know, it, it's going to fix a lot of things too. the way they've done this. Like Nebraska's only played at Indiana one time, one time mm-hmm. in the history of joining this conference. Yeah. Michigan's only played in Lincoln two times. 
since Nebraska's joined this league. The Huskers have only played at Maryland one time um, since coming into the Big Ten Conference. So there are some just inequities that we've seen. And I do feel like the East-West, it ran its course. I, I, I just think it created a lot of schedule and equity in this league, especially when Purdue and Indiana was a protected East-West game. So it just made your chances to see Indiana that much harder as an opponent, for example, because they're protected to play one game automatically because uh, of that East-West thing with those teams. So I, I am glad that the divisions are gone because I do feel like the crossover thing really was real. Like you, you know, depending on your crossovers, that was the difference on winning the West most of the years in this league. And we're not going to have to talk about that anymore. One more year, one more year of divisions. And then it's, then it's wide open. I mean, yeah, it's the, for Nebraska, you have to, you want to crawl up that ladder. I mean, with 16 teams, you're, you're pretty far down the ladder if you're 10th, you know? Um, so you got a bit of a you got a bit of a hike up that ladder right now. My other question though is are we going to see new schedules again by 2025 or 2026 if the Big 10 adds more teams? You could, yeah, this could this could change dramatically. Like this could change cuz this Pac-12 situation is getting interesting. I mean, they they continually you know, kind of have this wait two weeks mentality on on their media rights deal and today again the Pac-12 conference says wait two weeks, we're going to have a media rights deal. Well, then, I mean, it's clear what's going on. There's a lot that's going on behind the scenes. There's a lot of disagreeing. A lot of teams probably aren't really wanting to commit to this grant of rights agreement. If you're Washington or Oregon, you, you don't want to commit to a bad Pac-12 media rights. So you're trying to get in the Big Ten. Um, so it, it's going to be fascinating to watch if these schedules that we broke down yesterday are just going to get redone again another year from now. God, that's a great, that's a great point. That's a great point, Sean. And and they, again, they reviewed 171 versions within this Flex Protect. Now, yeah, they, it could get all revised again. That's a good point. All right, let's move on. Headline number three, uh, recruiting has been very, very busy for Nebraska. The Huskers picked up another commit, this time from four-star defensive back Mario Buford out of Texas, and sip once again. The theme of Texas recruits continues. Uh, a lot, a lot of things this week happened with offers in Texas. They had camps in Texas. They had a lot of visitors this past weekend from the state of Texas. Uh, Mario Buford now uh, joins the recruiting class for Nebraska. Um, his brother is obviously uh, Marquise Buford, a current Husker defensive back. Uh, but this is a good addition. I mean, this is as good of a recruit, I think, as Nebraska has added into the recruiting class. Yep. Um, you mentioned Texas. They have eight total verbal commitments for the class of 2024, four from Texas. This is number four. He's 5'11 five, five, and a half. Big thing is he has a 75 and a half inch wingspan, um, hard hitting corner. Um, you know, he's an, he'll be an early enrollee, and I, I was reading what Brian Munson said on Husker Online, and it, I mean, this looks like a player that will come in and try to play right away at that boundary corner position, uh, physical. So, yeah, Sean, significant, definitely a significant pickup. Now, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell from reading what, what I've read. It, he, he still has visits scheduled June 9th at Michigan State and June 23rd at Penn State. Will he, would he make those still? No, I, I don't believe so. I think the point of his commitment was to shut her down at that point. Okay, okay. That gives you an idea. That gives fans yeah. an idea. I mean, Michigan State and Penn State mean business. And 
and he he chose Nebraska and he'll play with his brother, um, which is yeah, that's ex- I mean, I really regard it as exciting news. I mean, when you talk about kids that can maybe come in and play right away, he's obviously got some talent. If he's like his brother, his intangibles are good, really good. And if he's like his brother, he'll hit you. Um, and I imagine he is like that. Yeah, two defensive back commits now for Nebraska in this class. Um, and th- those spots are filling quickly for Nebraska. And they brought in, you know, last weekend a lot of defensive backs. Peyton Morgan was in on his official as a defensive back last weekend. Um, Dante Carter was in uh, as a safety defensive back this last weekend. William mm-hmm. Nettles as a cornerback. Amari Sanders from Miami was a cornerback. So I, I think the defensive back recruiting for Nebraska could be fairly close to being done here um, before you know it. Yeah, they have Roger Gradney in the class, right? From right, Roger Gradney and, and yeah. Mario Buford are already in. And you figure there's probably two, maybe three more DB spots left to go. And they've brought in all these guys last week. Um, they made the new offer uh, to, to, to uh, Braylon Prude out of Texas in Houston this past week um, out of Shadow Creek. So they're moving a lot of pieces right now, I feel like, with the secondary. Evan Cooper is a very definitive recruiter as far as what he's looking for. And, and, and when he sees the guys he wants, he closes on them. Yeah, and you also, you know, you talk to Malik Esquera, who was on hand at the satellite camp at uh, Mary Harden Baylor. Um 6'3", 186, he's safety from Clean, Texas. Or is he 2025, Sean? No, he's a, he's a 2024, okay. and Malik Esquera will visit Nebraska on an official June 13th. Okay. Um, so that's another one, um, you know, out, out of uh, that Houston – or out of the, you know, the Texas area that will be here this – you know, on that week. Yeah, he's from, he's from nearby. He's from Killeen, which Killeen. is in that – yeah, Malika Square Sean's from Colleen, Texas, which is in that area we are in, the Belton Waco area. Well, yeah, te- I mean, it, it's amazing the push they've had in Texas because when this team joined the Big Ten Conference, they it's almost like they pulled everything out of Texas. And I think some of it, when you think about Texas recruiting, early on those Polini staffs, they're in the Big 12, but you had Tim Beck. He was a non-coordinator at that point. He was an assistant coach. And Tim Beck really opened a lot of doors back then for Nebraska and Texas when they were in the Big 12 and John Papuchis and those guys. Well, Tim Beck and John Papuchis later became coordinators for Pelini. Coordinators don't go on the road at the level assistant coaches do. So I think, you know, not only joining the Big 10, but then Tim Beck becoming a coordinator, Papuchis becoming a coordinator. Some of those guys, like all of it played a factor in just Nebraska's, you know, lack of presence in Texas over the last several years, uh, but it's clearly back now. Yeah, and a lot of that, of course, is Matt Rule's success at Baylor, you know, finishing 11-3 and three in his last year. His staff members, you know, guys like Bob Wager and and Garrett McGuire, um, they have great – they have a lot of great relationships, as you saw. I mean, you could see it when we were down there in Belton and Houston. So a lot, a lot of it comes down to that. And I, and I think it just starts with Matt. I think it starts with coach rule. You know, some other things to keep your eyes on, you know, a lot of chatter about Tyson Terry from Omaha North, the okay. 2025 defensive lineman. Uh, the staff was teasing an in-state commit. So that's another one to watch here uh, this week. I think there's a lot of chatter that that could be coming sooner rather than later. So, uh, that's one you want to be on Husker Online and, and keep track of. But let's move it on. 
headline number four. Let's go into Marcus Satterfield, Jeff Sims. Um, you've got a great column on HuskerOnline.com, um, breaking all of that down. Uh, when when you you know you, you you were able to talk to Marcus Satterfield at length about Jeff Sims, and you knew Marcus Satterfield's sip was high on Jeff Sims, uh, but your conversation, I think even surprised you more how high he is on the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he said things like, Oh, um, as far as his arm talent, I mean, he used the, he said, he's got, let's put it this way. This is what Satterfield said. He's got really, 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 really good arm talent. That's five. Um, he, he's, you can tell Well, he said, Watching the film at Georgia Tech, I couldn't tell exactly what he would be like. Um, and then when you see him live and you see that six foot four, 220 pound frame, Satterfield says he looks bigger now and the ball just comes out of his hand. He says, This is just Satterfield talking. I'm not hyping the, the young man. Satterfield kind of was. He says he's got you know, elite arm talent and, and, you know, he just happens to be a really strong runner. But the big thing is he's pass first, you know, he's a pass first guy, but they, Sean, they really like the fact that he can pull it and run it when, when you have to. And you talk to any defensive coordinator, a pass first guy that can run like him. That's the biggest headache you have. That's the biggest headache. It's amazing when you think about how they got him, when they got him, because I just feel like there wasn't a lot of, I mean, there were teams that wanted him, but they made it pretty look pretty easy to get him from the portal. I mean, it just kind of happened. Blink of your eye, he he was committed to Nebraska. Obviously, NIL, other things are involved. Um, but this is a guy that, knowing what we know now, I mean, I think a lot of people are like, wow, Nebraska really got a good quarterback potentially out of the portal. Well, they're going to lean on him. I mean, so if you're, you know, there's that conversation about Nebraska being a, a bold team. They're not too bad. You know, Rule inherited a pretty good situation. Well, it it starts with Sims. I mean, any optimism you have with this team has to start right there with Jeff Sims, in my opinion. I don't know where else you'd start it, Sean. Um, so that's 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 a lot of it. Now, Sims clearly is number one. I mean, I I, I don't I don't feel like we're being irresponsible by talk by talking about him as a starter. The gap between he and Chubba Purdy and Heinrich Harburg is probably a little wide for some people's liking, including mine. Not Satterfield, though. He didn't, I mean, at least he didn't sound that way. He said, no, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with those guys. I'd be comfortable putting Heinrich Harburg, Satterfield said, I'd be com he'd be comfortable putting Heinrich Harburg in a game right now. Chubba, um, Chubba, same thing. Um, he Now, he did say with Chubba, let me get to it. He it said he said Satterfield said it may not always look pretty with Jubba, but he's going to find a way to move the ball and get first downs. And he says he trusts him with the football. Chubba at times last year, Sean, I thought he looked ill prepared. I didn't think he looked prepared. Um, yeah, I mean, he battled some injuries at times. I mean, he, even one of the games that he was inserted in, I believe it was the Illinois game, he had hardly practiced the whole week. And right. And Mark Whipple demanded that he go in and threw a chair in a locker room that he went in over Logan Smothers at that time. And, you know, I don't know if Logan was really ready and it showed. And then Logan came in late in the game and looked a lot more prepared. Yeah. 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 
Chuba did not. He looked skittish. I'm not, and I'm not really putting it on Chuba. That's on Whipple. Like, yeah. I mean, the the other coaches wanted it all. I guess put Logan in, and Whipple threw a chair and said, "No, put in Chuba." And we saw what it looked like—a ill-prepared quarterback at that time. And it's not a knock at Chuba. He wasn't ready to come in at that moment against arguably one of the better defenses in the conference. I mean, Illinois almost beat Michigan oh, earlier. Yeah. yeah, Illinois had a remember Sean. I mean, they had a first round. They had a first round had, corner. Well, they had first three round, defensive backs drafted. There you go. So he was up against a, a t- in a difficult situation. As far as Harburg goes, you know, 6'5", 210 pound Heinrich Harburg. He was just two for nine passing in the spring game, which gave a lot of people pause, including myself. Um, I asked Satterfield about that, and he said he had an interesting quote. He said, "I think spring games used to be fun." when nobody really cared about them. He said, in our spring game, we divided it up so we could have a real game. And some of the guys weren't always throwing to guys they were normally throwing to. Now you hear that from coaches sometimes. He said also that Heinrich hasn't played a lot of football in front of big crowds. And and it's going to be a little more intense in that situation, in that environment. He just thinks being in those situations will help him. But he said, I'm not alarmed at all. I think he had a really, really good spring made a huge jump. If he goes into the game and plays quarterback, I'm just fine with it, he said. Yeah, that that deal, I mean, and you know, Casey Thompson, I thought your comments about Casey Thompson were interesting too because it is the reality of the portal era that we now live in. You just aren't going to really be able to keep two quarterbacks on a roster with 20-plus games of Power 5 experience because right. there's too much value in this portal immediate eligibility era that also involves NIL and NIL was not why Casey Thompson left. I'd be curious, you know, what kind of NIL he's getting at FAU. Um, you know, if there's much involved at all, because we know he was the highest paid NIL player at Nebraska a year ago. We've got mm-hmm. that from multiple sources. Um, right. You know, could FAU even come close to that? Do they have anything in, you know, because that NIL he was making, I'm going to venture to guess that Nebraska was more than most of the assistant coaches make for salaries at FAU. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I think you're exactly right. If it's the number I have in my, you know, which is probably let's call it two to three hundred thousand range. Yeah, and there's not that many FAU coaches making that. Right, the head coach. You're right. You know, maybe the coordinators are in the that area, but. He's definitely, I mean, so I, I don't know if NIL was why he left. I mean, he wants to start when you're a 25 year old coming back. He left to start. And, and Marcus Satterfield more or less said that to you. He did say that. He said he had one year of eligibility left, so he didn't really have time for a quarterback battle here. He needed to go somewhere he could play and get snaps. And he's, and Satterfield, just paraphrasing, said, We're on the same page. Casey was straight up with us, treated us in a fair manner and we did the same with him it sounds like it was amicable it's sean you portrayed it very well it's cut and dry casey casey wanted to go go somewhere where he could play now i didn't use the quote from satterfield but satterfield thinks he's a sunday quarterback now i don't i don't know if casey's a sunday quarterback he might be a backup sunday quarterback um but and i don't but and, and, and you know me i don't I don't rain on anybody's dream. I mean, I hope I hope Casey can do that. I just don't. I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I haven't seen that. And you know, after seeing Sims and seeing that size and arm strength, 
you can see it was going to be an. I mean, I kind of concede this now, Sean. It was going to be an uphill climb for Casey. When when you have an offensive line that's been as inconsistent as Nebraska's in protecting the quarterback as far as pass protection, you know, Casey took a lot of hits last year. I mean, (laughs) yeah, like at Rutgers, he took one from both sides and in front. He got hit three three spots. Shoulder. I mean, he hurt his shoulder, and you know, if he takes. When you're just that much, I mean, Jeff Sims get, it might be able to take a few more of those hits where it's not going to hurt him like it did Casey Thompson. Right. I mean, the way you can kind of sum up Jeff Sims is this: Remember how good Jamal Lord was as a runner? He couldn't. He couldn't throw it. Sims can throw it. Maybe like an NFL quarterback, but also can run it. Probably not too far away from how Jamal Lord ran. Am I going too far with that, Sean? Well, I would. I mean, the that, I mean I'm not going to say he's a Lamar Jackson, but that's his style. He's got like a Lamar Jackson style the way he plays. Yeah, probably better passer though, right? Lamar Jackson? That no, one no, Sims better passer than Lamar Jackson. I think Sims is a better passer. Yeah, I do. Like the Lamar Jackson from Louisville that won the Heisman that starts. Yeah, with the ball I, I mean, I think I think Sims is more polished. That would be, I mean, if he is, <laughs> Nebraska struck gold because, I mean, Lamar Jackson's obviously one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, too, right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Yeah. I right, maybe I'm going too far, but I mean, Sims is pretty polished. All right. Let's f- close it out. Final headline. Oh, headline number five, um, kind of all over the map here. Um, lots of recruiting camps this weekend in Lincoln. Uh, there's going to be two of them. Uh, regular session camps on Saturday and Sunday. There's going to be a kicker slash specialist camp that will also include long snappers. And I've got kind of a fairly good idea on some of the names that are going to be there. Um, you know, one, one of the guys that has an offer that's going to camp at Nebraska this weekend is Jack Limbaugh. Um, he's the son of a former Husker volleyball player, Amber Holmquist. Okay. And he's out of Iowa. He'll, he'll be a guy that's here this weekend as a defensive lineman, his dad um, also was a former Husker walk-on player in that era. Um, I believe his name is Jack Limbaugh as well. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, he'll be at the camp this weekend. You know, th- there's a few other guys like, you know, Brady McGill from Omaha Roncalli, a quarterback is expected to be there. Um, he's a very, very, you know, accomplished quarterback, one of the better ones you know, in, in the area. And, and if Nebraska get like a walk on out of him or something, that would be a home run. I, th- I think he would be a really, really good player to bring in the program. So um, that's the key. They're going to have a lot of um, guys that they're going to look at, you know, what, what will they ultimately be though? Are they offer guys? Are they walk on guys? Um, you know, what will come out of this weekend of these camps? Okay. So those that that's, you say not tonight though, not Friday night. No, it's all Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Um, the 10th and the 11th. Okay. Um, so there's a specialist camp. So hold on, let me let me break this down here. Um, the specialist camp is tomorrow, and then there's also a regular camp tomorrow, and then on Sunday there's another regular camp. Oh, not when's the fullback camp? The fullback camp's later in the week. Oh, okay, okay. So there, yeah, the fullback camp's not this weekend. Okay, that that's during the middle of the week. Now you will have the team camp opening up. And that's going to be interesting because Creighton Prep will be there. Elkhorn South will be there. Uh, so they'll have all their guys there. Uh, Columbus Lakeview is going to be at the team camp as well. Uh, but Creighton Prep, um, you're going to have Michael Burt there, the, the tight end uh, that just was offered by Nebraska, Illinois, Iowa, and Minnesota all within a day. 
Um, he'll be at the team camp with Creighton Prep, head coach Tim Yonk, and their entire program. And that's an opportunity. Um, he will also take his official visit to Nebraska. Um, he's going to be at Iowa this weekend, then Nebraska the following weekend. And that's all he's got scheduled right now. Um, so Michael Burt, Omaha Creighton Prep, another in-state tight end. And man, I mean, how many tight ends is this state going to keep producing, Sip? Because there are a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. And th- th- that's the kind of guy you want, obviously. Um, I, and I, I'm interested to watch him for sure. Yeah, he'll be somebody um, – I like Nebraska's chances out of it, but, you know, Iowa to me will be hard to beat too because you look at – they offered him first, and secondly, their tight end uh, history is is second to none. But Michael Burt, 6'5 and a half, 226 um, right now on three, has him ranked now too. He's an 87 uh, right now on the three-star rankings. Uh, but, but, boy, once again, another double-digit power five year in the state of Nebraska – uh, we've seen kind of an, a run the last three or four years where there's been more power five recruits come out of the state than we've seen in a while. And I think that part of it's debatable. Is it better talent or is it coaches at these surrounding schools that recruit and know the state of Nebraska better? And I, I kind of lean towards that because you've got Kansas with Lance Leipold, and his crew. You've got Kansas State with Connor Riley. And, and, and those coaches there, and they're going to recruit Nebraska. Iowa State's going to recruit Nebraska. Yeah. Iowa has for years. So I, I think some of it is there's more programs in the area that are recruiting Nebraska than we've seen before at a higher level. Don't you also, yeah. also Don't where you. Nebraska's at as a program, SIP, has played a factor. I think some of these teams – feel like it's the Huskers are vulnerable right now and they can take these kids out of Nebraska. Right. And I think North Dakota state and the, the South Dakota state, the Dakotas are a factor obviously too. I, um, and I think it's more, maybe more important for Nebraska right now to get these guys because a lot of players that Nebraska, maybe higher, higher profile players that Nebraska was used to getting to getting in the past from elsewhere, just not available to Nebraska right now because of the, of the sustained losing. So I'd say it's really important to be, to be able to get these kids, these in-state kids where you think you'd have a really, really good chance. Yeah. Right now you got, I mean, you're, they're in a challenging situation. That's what we've seen in Nebraska, the high end, high end, high profile, five-star high four-star guys. I mean, it's, it's really difficult right now. Yeah, right now there's 10 players in the state that currently hold Power 5 offers, 10. That's, that's, that's a good number, Sean. And, you know, Nebraska's not going to get them all. I mean, we you know, another nugget we reported this week at Husker Online, um, Nebraska has parted ways mutually with uh, Davon Hall or Devon Hall out of Bellevue West, the wide receiver, um, currently has no visits lined up in June, um, no – you know, new offers of note. He's trying to get a Tennessee offer. He camped at Tennessee. They have not offered him yet. Um, but, you know, Nebraska just kind of went their own direction with uh, Davon Hall this week, too. That That's definitely notable because he is obviously one of the higher-ranked in-state players. But I, I think they kind of just didn't see it as a fit right now. Isaiah McMorris, on the other hand? He will be visiting um, June 23rd. Uh, you have to like Nebraska there with Daniel Kalen. I think for Nebraska, this is the priority in state. Get Carter Nelson. Get Isaiah McMorris. Um, they're coming in late. You know, Caleb Pyfram, I believe, at Omaha Central. He's got to make his decision by the end of June here. Nebraska will not hold a spot for him that long. 
Um, you know, so what, what will Caleb Pyfram ultimately decide to do? Eric Ingerson at Pitt, I do think that one's gone now. He's solid to Pitt, uh, went down there. Uh, you had Pat Narduzzi. What you think of that, by the way? Pat Narduzzi kind of trying to troll Nebraska and Matt Rule a little bit this past uh, week. I mean, I, I guess the word classless comes to mind for Narduzzi, which it often does. I mean, it, he's really he's, – he's very critical of other coaches and taking a swipe like that at a, you know, a, a very – tradition-laden program, a prestigious program, I think is unnecessary. Well, it's obviously completely unnecessary and, and classless. And I, I don't think Matt responded out, you know, publicly. I, I you know, that which he shouldn't. He really shouldn't respond. That's my opinion, Sean. Yeah, then um, Michael Burt, that's another one. So when I when I kind of like size up the in-state kids right now, the, the Power Five um, guys, I mean, I think Michael Burt, McMorris, Pyfram, Carter Nelson. I mean, those are the four that they would take and close out with today, just kind of based on what we know and how the month of June is kind of shaped up. Rip those names off one more time, Sean. So, Carter Nelson, the tight end out of Ainsworth, obviously, Isaiah, Isaiah McMorris, Bellevue West wide receiver, Caleb Pyfram, Omaha Central offensive lineman. That's three, and then Michael Burt, the tight end out of Creighton Prep, would be four. I think. In a perfect world, that's how they would like to close out these in-state kids in the state right now. And Bert, you would say, just kind of cropped up fast, right? I mean, yeah. You know, he was a three-sport athlete at Creighton Prep. He plays baseball. He played basketball. You know, that's really hard to do at a school like that. And I think for a while, he he considered himself more of a baseball player. And, you know, when I saw him at the in-state tour, you know, you knew right away, like, wow, this kid's a legit six five and a half. He's 225. He's athletic. You know, there was a lot there with Michael Burt. Just looking at him back in the winter, he had no offers. And then slowly they just started to come in. And, you know, it, it started out with like the Mac offers and, and whatnot. But once people saw him in a camp setting, um, you know, that that's where everything really took off for Michael Burt. Yeah, that tight end position has become a little more sexy in college football because that big that big dude – uh, at Georgia, um, I, th those guys at Michigan's produced. I mean, Michigan's really used the tight end effectively, multiple tight ends. Eric, Eric All now transfers to Iowa. Uh, Ohio State uses the tight end prominently. Uh, Nebraska's, you know, it's a high-profile position now at Nebraska uh, with Fedoni and Eric Gilbert. Um, and Borkature. I mean, I, I, you can't forget Borkature. I mean, right now, Borkature's a starter. Um, with Fedoni. I mean, if you had to identify your top two, it'd be Fedoni and Borkature. But, you know, Fedoni, I, I, I would think that that story could take off. Um, so the tight end position is, I, I don't know, it seems like it's more prominent than it was about 10 years ago. And then, yeah, a couple of final notes from Texas. So we, we hit on this a little bit this week, but you mentioned tight end. Nebraska is still waiting on word on Arik Gilbert's waiver. Um, yes. They're not worried. It's just a process, and and hopefully that all works out in the end. Um, you know, and something else I'll say, they're they're at eighty five scholarships. I think there's this because we have a trackable scholarship eighty five chart, and it shows that they're over eighty five right now. Uh -huh. there, there are things, and I talked to Matt Rule about this. There's you know there's a couple of players on there that have taken the head coach exception that just haven't 
announced, and those are guys that will stay at Nebraska as students, but this will not be a part of the team. Uh, but there's also some scholarship guys, whether they were former walk-ons that were placed on scholarship or guys that have graduated, they can take them off. Um, there, there are ways around that. So um, they are at 85 or under 85. And yeah, I think Matt Rule kind of chuckled like, you know, there's some of the there's been some interviews he's done lately where you know, people really ask intense questions about the 85. And he's just like, what do you mean? Like we're at 85. But, you know, Nebraska, once again, we've talked about the slots that people really dive into the details here. Yeah, they do. Um, and, and let's face it, that discussion is not as cut and dried as it used to be. Right. I mean, you, you have that head coach exception that you talk about the COVID, you know, COVID really kind of added nuance to that conversation. So, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm not the top. I, I mean, I haven't really worried about it, um, but there's different ways, Sean, let's put it this way. There's different ways you can get to that 85 that aren't really easily explained and maybe don't even need to be explained. And some of it is protecting the privacy of the kids. Some of it is kids want to announce their situation on their own. And that doesn't happen. You know, there's no, you know, it can happen at varying various times. So yeah, I guess the long story short, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah. I use the analogy. It's like a complicated financial situation you might be dealing with where you might have to move some money around from other accounts, do some things. There it is. To kind of pay off the bills. You might have to pull some money from here, pull some money from there, do this and that to kind of balance the book. So that that's what Nebraska has to do right now. They're, you know, there's going to be a couple guys going to head coach exception that have already done it. They just haven't announced it. And out of respect to those young men, I'm not going to say, um, and, you know, there, there's also like you know, there's four or five guys that are listed on there that are now on NIL, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the other part of it. You can put a, a player basically on the equivalent of a full ride scholarship through NIL. Again, that's another that's a nuance that wasn't there that wasn't available five years ago. Now it's available. You can do that. And there's, and I would venture to guess, Sean, educated guess that there's maybe a starter or two that it, that's no, that, no doubt. Yeah. That's on an NI, we'll just call it an NIL scholarship, right? It's not, you know, it's an NIL scholarship. That's what and that's not something Matt rules going to really brag about and say, and yeah, we've got, this kid's on NIL now. Like they, they don't, that's not something you talk about. Well, you don't talk about other people's money. You know, you don't talk about how, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of uncouth and inappropriate. Yeah. It's like when the newspaper, when they always list the salaries of like the superintendents and whatnot, people, I mean, you know, then it leads to about 55 people commenting about what the guy makes. And it'd be the same thing with NIL. Like if, you listed what every guy made. There'd be a lot of chefs in the kitchen that oh, would yeah. have an opinion about who's making what. Yeah, back in the day here, the local media, what we did, I mean, you could always list the head coach's salary and the and you know the 10 assistant salary, and people were okay with that over over at Nebraska. But there was a time when we started listing, I mean, that it got pretty far down. I mean, it got to the point where we were listing people in the athletic department that were pretty far down the ladder. We were listing salaries and it, it, it rankled people like, why, why, why do you feel the need to do this? So it's kind of goes along with 
that. Well, and even to the point where they were listing like cars that you got. At that yes, point. that was a sticking point with with some staff over there. Yeah. And, why, and then, why why is the director of operations? Why do you have to to say that he gets a vehicle? You know. Well, and and, and then it would the paper used to list like their club memberships. Like yeah, so and so got a membership to the Lincoln Country Club or this club or that club, and you know it just kind of. I mean. It, I get it. It's technically public information, but how many other places are doing that? Like, listen, I'd, I'd say zero or a handful at the most. And that's why Sean Eichhorst got rid of that. He he didn't like that look of it. Where it, so the coaches no longer get a car here or a club membership, which yeah, that's interesting because they know, did a lot of places. That's not the case. So if like a coach now wants to join Firethorn or Wilderness Ridge, they, they have to pay for that on their own. They don't get a free comp membership anymore. God, that's, hey, Sean, I, I guess that got by me that I coursed. Now that you mentioned it, I remember it. But, yeah, he ended that. Those coaches used to get complimentary vehicles. And Club membership and a car. Um, but, you know, they, they, we, it was like they were listing the vehicle each person was getting in the paper. And there, there was somebody that wasn't a coach. And somehow he had a connection. He was driving like a used, you know, Lexus SUV, something like really, really nice, or like a Land Rover you know, and people are like, why is he driving a Land Rover? You know, like it, they just don't want that. I think he's like, we don't even need this. We're just going to cancel the car deals. Now, there are still some people up there that were grandfathered in and they still get car deals at Nebraska, but it's not uh, any football coaches because okay. obviously there's there's nobody up there grandfathered in on, on car deals because there's been so much turnover at Nebraska. I think it's time for you to get to the pool, Sean. Yep, that's it at this point. Well, hey, um, Sip, I appreciate you joining me. I'll be back Sunday. Um Good column, by the way. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, Sipple's got a column on HuskerOnline.com with Jeff Sims, and you've got a Sunday one in store too, right? Yeah, I think so. I think we're going to do that. I um, I'm not. Th there's a few ways I could go with that. Um, it might be, um, it might be an angle on Terrence Knighton. It could be, you know, an interesting part of our, you know, I had a good discussion with Garrett McGuire about recruiting against his dad. They they are they go after the same players in Texas. Joey McGuire, of course, is the head coach at Texas tech. And those two literally recruit against each other, which is a really, it was a fascinating conversation. Well, yeah, lots to keep up on. Uh, we still got a promo running right now, $1 for three months or get an annual for 49 95. That's the best offer you're going to get at huskeronline.com. So check us out. Take advantage of this June special, $1 for three months or one year for $49.99 at Husker Online. Well, signing off here in Orlando, Florida, he's Steve Sipple back in Lincoln. I'm Sean Callahan. Thanks for watching another edition of Husker Online Headlines.